Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St Albans. We hope you enjoy it. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. This is The Generation Gap, presented by me, Claudia, and him, Clive. Hello. In this programme, we are going to explore differences and similarities of being a teenager now and in past generations. I am a 21st century girl, and Clive is a baby boomer. That is a teenager in the late 60s and early 70s. What are the differences and similarities in the way that we live our lives? We are going to try and find out. This is The Generation Gap Show on 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. Yes, so uh, good evening and welcome to the Generation Gap show here. And I'm here today with, oh, Claudia. Hello. Hello. And we're going to talk about something today which we don't normally talk about, which has got a, a little tinge of politics. We don't talk about politics on this station or in this programme. But basically, um, obviously, it's been something that people have been talking about for the last several years now. And it's all eventually sorted out in the sense that we've made a decision. Yes. And we're going to talk about something which is... An, uh, a sort of implication of that decision. Um, there's about three and a half million people living in this country who are from other EU countries. And there's been a lot of concern about um, whether they can stay and the conditions under which they can stay and all the rest of it. And one of them is sitting here with me because Claudia has been through all this. And Claudia, you um, went through all the process to become British. I think that's quite an interesting thing to talk about because some of the things that you had to do for that are um, interesting. Yes. And... Um I just have to point out that I have lived here in England for longer than I've ever lived in any other country in my life. And I've been through primary school, all the primary school, apart from nursery, if you count that as school. I've been through secondary school, I went to university, and I work here, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much English anyway. Yeah, no, I think that's understood, and obviously lots of people are in that position. I mean, I've got a cousin who's actually a, a German national, but she's lived here for 50 years. So, um, you know, the idea that there'll be any problem for her is quite odd. Anyway, we'll talk about this in terms of just the practicalities of what you have to do or have done. I think it's quite interesting because um, some of the things, including the questionnaire about living in the UK, is one I really find very um, interesting. And... Well, and uh, we will try not to talk about our personal opinions about the political, s whatever, the political things that are going on, but we can provoke some thoughts, and I just want to make sure that everyone knows that my personal Britishness had nothing to do with the word. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, I say, just as you said... Just to point out that... You yeah, you, you came here as a young child, and you've lived here ever since, basically, so... But I would like to question you a little bit and see if you would have passed the Life in the UK test. Well, that's really part of it. I, I think that is true, and I, I think I've got quite a good general knowledge, but I'm sure there's lots of people who are British and have lived here for all their lives, and they wouldn't be able to answer some of those questions correctly. So for all our listeners, this is purely a show to provoke some thought into how difficult or not it is to be British. Absolutely. So Claudia we're sort of following your life here a bit and so uh, <laughs> because you um, you were born in Poland weren't you? I was indeed. And were you then came to England with your mum I think? Um, yeah so my dad lived here for uh, pretty much most of 
so okay so he moved when i was born he moved to england and when i was five me and my mum moved with my dad to my dad you you following like basically yeah, well, at one point we were all living together here in england yeah right, right, but basically he came over here and found a job and then he sort of sent back for you and your mum yeah. Right. Okay, and so that's... And my triad, we came into England on... Remember Rule Day. <laughs> on the 11th of September 2001. Good gracious. <laughs> I can imagine that was quite difficult, to be fair. Oh, my goodness, yes, that's amazing. Can you imagine the queues? Because I remember we were in the car, so we didn't so we didn't fly over here. We, we drove to England, and I remember thinking there was a massive queue into England, you know, on the borders. Yes, was it? We kept Dover, presumably. Yes. Mm. Gosh. Well, that's it. So, okay, so then you came here, and obviously at five, you had to be sort of sent to a primary school fairly quickly. Yes. And um, did you did you know any English at all? I know it's really hard to imagine, but there was a time where I just did not speak any English at all. And I don't remember it being hard. I just remember that I just... Um, one day, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I can speak English now, and there was a time where I couldn't. You know what I mean? So it took, I, I, I think, a year for me to get to that point where I understood everything that everyone was saying to me. I could have a conversation with my friends. I could talk to the teachers and tell them what I needed or what I wanted. And um, But there was a time where I couldn't do any of that, and I couldn't communicate what I needed. So, I mean, when you went to the school, I, I, I don't know, I, I would assume, and perhaps I'm completely wrong here, that yeah. they'd recognise, obviously, that you didn't speak English and they'd give you some extra help of some kind, but you, you, did you get that? Not necessarily, because you have to remember when I came in, I came in in reception, so, oh, okay, so, it's so not... it was a bit like, you, you know, you didn't have the big writing essays or writing stuff. I do remember a point where I struggled a little bit with actual work you know with the words and with everything things that you did have to write down but um you know the teachers would just be like look look around you like look on the walls like you know get because you know you, in primary schools you have um displays of yeah c- counting one to words, 20 and that yeah, sort of thing yeah. Yeah, as well okay and so so i kind of learned like that really it was all a bit of a find your way through it really rather than getting extra help I suppose really at that age you, they're teaching you, you know, colours and numbers and things like yeah, that and so yeah. you, that you're learning along with all the others. Yeah, yeah, basically. Was there any other Polish children there at the time? There was, but sh- this, there was only one Polish girl in my class, in my class, but she was already born in England, so she had a whole different situation. Her, her siblings were a bit older, her parents were very much, you know, Anglicised. Anglicised, I think that's right, yes, yes. okay. And um, she had a whole, you know, she, she, she was born speaking English, she was born into the whole English set, setting, and I, I had it a bit different, so she, so we didn't really gel that much at the beginning. It was only when, <laughs> I'm getting emotional here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, it was only when I, I started um, speaking English, that's when we had a common language, if you see what I'm saying. Yes, yes. It's, it's really hard for us kids really once we have learned english that we don't speak anything other than english because you know Polish is, is almost like a chore you have to go to Polish school you have to do this you have to do that you have to learn an extra language and it's like it almost flips over and almost flips as Polish being your second language right. but um 
at that point, it was all different. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, well done is, I think, the right answer to that. It, I, mean, it must I don't be really think difficult. I've ever gone into so much detail about my life. <laughs> um, no, I know. I'm sorry. But, but yeah. But it, I, I do remember it being quite difficult in the beginning. And I do remember there being times where I wasn't sure whether I didn't know something because I didn't know it or because, you know, I didn't learn it yet. Do you know what I mean? So th- there is that sort of insecurity whether you're not as good as everyone or... You know, you know what I mean? I think that's where most of my personal dilemmas come from now. But obviously it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I do remember changing schools. Right. Because we moved from London to a different, a northern part of London. And um, that was, that was, I think, one of the hardest points for me. Because in that school you kind of grow up with everyone knowing, knowing what you need and knowing that, you know... You, you have it a bit different and you know what I'm saying mm. and then um, in the new school it was a bit like I had to fend for myself all over again I think well I obviously I haven't been through the same sort of thing yeah. myself but yes okay but, but yeah but, but but you can understand what I'm saying so that that's that's probably when things got a little bit harder as in exam wise as in um, writing wise and that's when I had to really start being educated rather than having a bit of that freeway it's when you're sort of seven they start really sort of getting having to do things like draw pictures and write essays yes yeah oh yeah well with drawing pictures i could do always <laughs> yeah but um the english once once i did learn the english it was it was almost like not i wasn't very much different from anyone else i was just i just had to learn had, my work was always up on the board as well like you know for display yes. Basically, you probably had to, although you may not realise it, you probably actually worked harder than all the others to, sort of, because you had to, had to get over the language issue to start with. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I started learning French, and then I didn't particularly like that very much, but because I knew how to kind of categorise words better, I feel like learning languages is, 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 a, is a gift. Did you do French at um, primary school? I did do French at primary school. Not everyone did. Only the special few got chosen to do after-school clubs, extra lessons and extra things. Oh, yeah. OK, because I think normally... Well, I mean, I'm sure it's different now, but in my day, certainly, it was... Um, French was something they added into your languages when you or when you were at secondary school, which obviously is not what they do on the continent, particularly where uh, people learn languages earlier. Yeah. Um, I think that probably is better. No, I did that I did that in year three, I think. Goodness. Yeah. Right, well, I'm, I'm actually impressed that you even remember all these things, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, OK, that's an interesting story. Thank you for telling us. Um, yeah, and you're listening here to The Generation Gap Show with me, Clive, and with Claudia. And we're actually, um, I mean, <laughs> I've known you, obviously, for quite a few years, and then I'm hearing these stories. I didn't know about some of these things. You never told me that, so you're so opening up a bit. I'm trying to entertain everybody with the story of my life. One day it'll be all in a book, you can read about it. <laughs> oh, and the Hollywood movie, of course, as well. Uh, yeah, of Absolutely. course, of course. Yeah. OK, so um, you basically then moved again um, from London into Hertfordshire. Yes. And then secondary school, you went to a very nice school in St Albans. I did indeed. It was it was a lovely school. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think anyone ever likes the school that they are actually in. I don't know. I, I sort of tolerated my secondary yeah. school yes yeah yeah exactly so um so yeah um going to school i think it was um interesting really because obviously at that point everyone's on the same level everyone's everyone's trying to like be better everyone's trying to be educated everyone's joining clubs everyone's joining 
um, forming groups and everyone doesn't know each other and all this kind of stuff. So um, the social aspect is is a different story. But what we talk about now. I was just thinking. Obviously, by the time you got to secondary school, you spoke English pretty fluently, if yeah. not totally fluently. Yeah, but I think I think the problem here is that now. You often say that every time I introduce myself, I say, oh, I'm Claudia, I'm Polish. Yes, you do that still. I do, because in a way, it's almost a reminder to me that I have that background. You know what I mean? Yes. That I, that I have to, um, that I don't want to lose it. But in the well, si- Self-identity. I mean, you're the psychologist. That's, that's obviously what it is, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it, it becomes really hard with things like that because then people say, oh, then people start judging you in a different way. Then then I, it's almost me making myself different from everyone else. It's almost me giving me, myself that kind of different, you know... Well, well, I think the thing is that... Different lens. It's, it's a sort of self-identity, but also that instantly means that people... Oh, yes, that's that Polish woman, you know. That's that sort of thing. That's why I think you... I don't know why it's, it's good or bad, but it doesn't matter. Obviously, you, you can say that to people, but you do seem to always introduce yourself in that way, which I always find um, interesting, I suppose, is yeah. what I'm going to say. But the reason for that is because I, I, I personally like it, and I, I, I like the the background of that because I don't want to lose my Polishness at all although there are people that in Poland that tell me that I'm not Polish anymore <laughs> so you know like well, I wonder, there's a bit of a dilemma there If you, you speak Polish obviously still and if you go back to Poland and speak do you speak with a sort of posh English accent? Yes, yes I do and they hear it and they definitely hear it so they, you know it's, um, it's interesting people, even my family say you know you're, you're just, you don't speak like proper Polish anymore I mean you can hear the the foreign in you <laughs> yes, yes. which is ironic isn't it um yeah but the the thing i want to say is that at this point um the thing that i struggled with all of my life and this might be as a result of the identity or it might be as a result of to- something totally different is um asking people for help or asking people for you know something that or asking them if i can use their expertise or use their help for anything really or telling them that I need something from them because it's it, I'm never sure whether it's because I I'm just being stupid or if it's you know in, in inverted commas or if it's something that I actually need help with or if it's something that I actually need do you know what I mean and I don't want to put myself I don't want to show that I'm in a slightly disadvantage even though I'm not and I know that I'm not but that, that's where that kind of comes from. There's a word for this. I think it's overthinking. Yeah, I know. But there is the, there was a time where I couldn't necessarily knock on a person's door and talk to them. Like, you know, I'd just be like, I, they're not there, it's fine. Mm. <laughs> I mean, no one really knows what I mean. I have to stop saying that. That's a really bad catchphrase, isn't it? Do you, do you know what I mean? No, what you mean. Okay, well, look, um, I mean... Obviously, this is some of the things, and you know, you yeah. studied psychology at university. Yeah. And I wonder whether sometimes you're sort of, I say, overthinking I'm things just in this sense. Analyzing myself now, but yeah. but the point is that having a British citizenship and actually having that British passport that I travel around with now all the time, it kind of does, in some ways, fit you in with the crowd. You don't ha- you don't you don't feel like you're in a disadvantage, or you don't feel like you can ask a stupid question if you see what I'm saying. You, um, you're kind of just one of everyday people. Like if I ask you for help, it's not because 
you know, I'm Polish and I don't know what I'm doing is because, you know, we're all human and we all need help sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think I'm going to get you out of this hole now. Okay, okay. so you. I mean, basically, um, obviously, because you've lived here all that time, you went through schools here, you went to university here, you feel pretty British, but you obviously don't want to lose the fact that you were originally born in Poland and therefore Polish as well. And there's absolutely no problem. I mean, you are one of an awful lot of people who come from different countries who live here, not just the EU, obviously people from all around the world. And that's historically the case that people in England have come here from all over the world for hundreds of years. Yes, well, I'm sure that there are people in similar um, stories as I am and they have similar um, things going on in their life as I, as I do. So... I hope that people, you know... <laughs> well, we, okay, yeah. so we were trying to talk about the process of um, get becoming British officially. I mean, obviously, I think what I'm getting to, you obviously made a decision, your parents did as well, I know, obviously saying, well, we, we live here now, it's our life is based here, we want to stay here, we want to work here and all the rest of it. Um, and so we just want to make sure that that's all okay, whatever happens politically. And so, yeah. therefore, you wanted to apply to become British. I should also point out, because I think it's important for me to point out, that if by any chance this whole Brexit thing means that I, as someone who's born in Poland, have to go back to Poland, that wouldn't necessarily be an issue. Like, it's not an issue as such. It's just that... I personally like my life here and I like I like to live here and I've lived here for most of my life and having a British citizenship I think says that I'm 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 making a statement that I want to stay here. Yes. With the foundations that I've already built. Exactly and I think that that's understandable. I'm sure yeah. many people are in that position. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. This is the Generation Gap show here with me, Clive, and with Claudia. And we're having a discussion about, uh, well, actually, we're having quite a big discussion about Claudia, really. <laughs> um, life so far. But also, in particular, we want to um, just concentrate on the issue about um, becoming British, which is um, something that you've been through. So can yeah. you just give me a quick run through of all the bits and pieces so you had to do? So here's where it gets entertaining. So there are a few methods of how to become naturalised citizen, but the most common one is. So step number one is to live in the UK. You must live in the UK for at least five years prior to applying for citizenship. And then complete an application to settle in the UK. This application will ask you about your visa and current situation. And if you're accepted, you'll be allowed to mm, take the next step which is have a clean criminal record. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's reasonable. And number four is decide to stay in the UK. You must be planning on living in the UK if you want to be a naturalised citizen, which is pretty much good. You can only st have stayed 450 days out of the UK in the previous five years and 90 days in last year. Yeah, so you've got to actually be here a lot of the time and you have to keep count of that, do you? Yes. Right. It's a bit of a problem sometimes if you go on month-long holidays. Mm. <laughs> Never mind. The next step is prove your English comp competency. That means Compet speaking English. Competency. Competency. <laughs> competency. That's it. Okay. Um, so you have to make sure that you are able to speak English. And I'll tell you what that involves... That involves going to a room and having a conversation with somebody and 
let's say that I passed with an A star in five minutes. Well, yes, I think... I think that's far too long. I, I think that's quite interesting, yes. You couldn't do that on the phone. You had to go and meet somebody and prove that yes. you're you and then... Show. I didn't think of that, to be fair. I didn't think of proving that I am me. That's a good point, to be fair. Because mm. I, 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 often I wonder... But then again, if I have a English GCSE and A-level, not an English A-level, but any sort of A-level in English, clearly I can communicate in English, right? Well, I think absolutely, yes. Um, so, you know, never I, mind. I must admit, when you told me about that, I remember having a little laugh. It did seem real silly, but yes. you can see the reason they need to do that. And so, yeah, fair and, enough. And just to let you know that the person testing me and my language had a very different accent to mine. Very foreign, I would say, accent. So you thought you spoke English better than them? Well, I, w I wouldn't put it like that. I'm just saying that yes. it, was, it was very different. Anyway, um, next step is pass the life in the UK tests. Oh, we'll that's the famous one. one. Yes, yes. After that, you apply and pay the fee. The fee is the most interesting because, first of all, you have to pay £150 for the speaking test. And then the Life in the UK test, you have to pay something for that as well. I think it's around £35 or something like that. And then to actually apply and pay the fee, it's something like 1300 Right. So, yes, it's quite an expensive option for you. However, we have to say, obviously, becoming a British citizen is a very valuable thing to have. And when you get a passport following that, which, of course, costs even more money, um, that is something which is a very valuable document because I think a British passport gets you pretty much anywhere in the world. OK, so um, we'll come back, actually. The, yes, the, the what's it? Life in the UK or living in the UK, isn't it? I can't remember which one it is. Um, life in the UK... So, there are, there are questions, and I would like to see if we can test you a little bit. Well, I think it's a very fair thing to do. See, if, if um, we're asking people who aren't British to answer these questions to get here or stay here, and uh, if you ask a few people who are British and have been here for their whole life whether they know the answers, that will be a good question. So, Claudia, now you're going to really test me, aren't you? You're going to go and ask me questions, which is the, from this official list of questions, yes. which are part of the Living in the UK test. So this one's from 2019. Okay, that's pretty up to date. Ready? What is the Church of England's usual, usually known as in other countries? The Anglican Church, the Episcopal Church, the State Church, the Great Church. Anglican. Yes, you are correct. Ding, got one right. Which party formed the government in 2010? Um, it was the... Oh, sorry. You, you do have a selection. Okay, go on, tell me. The Conservative Party only. It was a correlation. The Liberal Democrats only. Liberal Party only. It was a coalition. I know that one. It was. Ding, indeed. got that one right. I haven't okay, got a bell, though. ready. Um, what marked the beginning of constitutional monarchy? Uh, the Magna Carta, the English Civil War, the Glorious Revolution, or the Restoration? Okay, I'm going to say the Magna Carta. It was not. Okay. It was the Glorious Revolution. The Glory... I never heard of that. The law passed after Glorious Revolutions are the beginning of what is called constitutional monarchy. Okay. That's your clue. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what are the Lawrence Oliver Awards take place? Where? 
Where did they take place? Sorry. The Lawrence London, Olivier, yes, okay. London, Edinburgh, Manchester or Kent? Well, I'm going to say London, but I have absolutely no idea. It is, in fact, London. Okay. How long is the biotapestry? Have I got a choice? Seven metres, three metres, 70 metres. Sorry, hang on. 70 metres, three metres, 12 metres, 40 metres. I'm going to say 70. Yes, you are correct. And let's choose a different... A different... Um, where are the most... Serious civil cases heard in England and Wales. High Court, the Court of Session, Crown Court or Sheriff Court? Crown Court. It's actually the High Court. Okay. So, you see, some of these questions. Who won gold medals in rowing in five consecutive Olympic Games? Okay, I think I probably know that if you read the names. Dame Ellen MacArthur, Sir Chris Hoy... Sir Steve Redgrave. Steve Redgrave. Yeah. I know that one. There were some questions about food, weren't there? It was well, favourite food. I remember we had a discussion about that once before. Yeah. So what is the most popular dish in England? Yes, and the answer, are the choices? Choices is fish and chips, curry, pizza or spaghetti. I think it's probably fish and chips is the answer they're looking for, but I'm not entirely convinced it's right. It's not. It is actually, in fact, curry. Curry. Oh, OK. There you go. Well, see, I mean, now, you did this test, and you had to do it as part of your um, getting through yeah. all the things. Uh, what did you score? I did actually indeed score 100%. But you have to remember that back in the day, I studied sociology and history and philosophy because there are questions about the philosophy what are the foundations of england of great britain which philosophical which philosophical theory are the foundations of britain based on goodness i've no idea apparently it's durkheim who yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but, i mean i think obviously these questions i mean you don't have to score 100 percent. you have to score presumably um quite a big number i don't know what it is Do you know what the something a, a 75 i think 75 that's quite high okay yeah. um and i, I suspect hope... lots of english people wouldn't be able to do that i mean you know you hear the questions i mean yeah general knowledge is is good for these but you know really if you don't know these the answer to these questions like it wouldn't make a difference to your life really well i'm I'm inclined to agree with you on that. But to be fair, to be honest, I actually, I actually think I, I quite enjoyed doing the Life in UK test because I surprised myself with how much I actually know, and how much, how much um, it does help. I mean, it doesn't help, but um, I do think that it does prove a point that if you want to stay here, if you want to be do what you think you do, then it kind of shows that you're committed. And, of course, you went to an extremely good school here in St Albans. Which did help, I have to say. <laughs> Absolutely. OK, well, I'll tell you what. I decided to, from now on, I'm going to um, categorise myself as the citizen of planet Earth. That's fair enough, yes. <laughs> anyway, I've had a lovely time here on <laughs> the Generation Gap show, talking about myself. <laughs> and um, I had a lovely time with the questions as well. It's been interesting to see um, how you reacted to some of these. Well, I mean, I... I don't know whether I'd have got 100%, but if the, some of the questions were the ones that you found, I, I wouldn't have done. 
I mean, I have to um, I have to say that I did study for this test. It's not that I just walked in and actually I did just walk in and get 100%. But never mind. Um, yeah. Anyway, I've had a, a lovely time. Obviously, um, you're going to be having a fun time in the next uh, few weeks and months and uh, getting yes, married next month. I'm getting married. I'll be fully English. I'll have an English surname and everything. Well, I think actually the surname's <laughs> going to be I'm Swedish by my calculation. Oh, I think it's the number one popular English surname in the country. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sure that's not that. We won't argue about that. Okay, and uh, obviously um, you're just backing up as well because because you're marrying a British person, so it gives you even extra rights to stay here. Yes. You know what Joel did say to me? He said that he now wants to marry me for a Polish passport. Oh, how the tables turn. <laughs> Right, okay. Well, anyway, it's been an interesting canter through all this whole process, and we found out lots of things about you I didn't even know. So there you are. That's quite there you impressive. go. Secrets so revealed. So all our listeners out there, you now know lots and lots of things about Claudia, but she's going to change her name so you won't find out where she is now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't worry. But you, you will still be coming in and doing a programme here occasionally, I'm sure. Yeah, now everyone's going to see me in a whole new light. A whole new light. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for listening. Uh, this is Generation Gap Show. We're here every Thursday at 9 o'clock on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM, uh, coming to you from St Albans, of course. And so um, I hope you uh, tune in. Also, I should mention, we have lots of podcasts, including quite a few with Claudia. They're all available on our website, www.radioverulam.com. And I think there's about 40 of them now. So if you'd like to listen to some of the previous programmes and subjects, please do, because we love you downloading them all. And um, we're getting amazing response to some of our podcasts. It's actually... Yeah. And I have to say that Clive usually does all the talking. And I usually do all the talking. But this time I gave in and let Claudia do it all. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes, Google Play, and of course from Radio Verulam's own website, radioverulam.com.